Hey there everyone, Greg Marchand here. I wanted to share today my origin story with you. Uh, if you don't know what an origin story is, it's it's basically what what got us to to do what it is that we do, whatever that might be. And oftentimes I'll get the question from people, how did you end up in the automotive industry? And of course, you know, like many of you, none of us meant to. Uh, some of you got in intentionally, I, that I understand. I I never did. I, I was um, back in, in high school. It goes it goes all the way back to the high school days. I was college prep and, you know, college bound. I was going to be a scientist. I was going to be an engineer and never, never even saw the vocational wing of, of my high school. And, you know, as, as life happens to, to all of us, life happened. And my, uh, my senior year was spent 3,000 miles away from my family, and when we did come back together again, my parents were divorced, and my mother and I got in a, in a big argument one day, and, and she said to me, look, if you want any money for college from me, then you'll, you'll stay right here, and I was a 17-year-old, rather impetuous youth, and said, uh, you know, forget that, I'm not going to do that, I, I use different words, but um, I borrowed her credit card, shall we say, and bought a plane ticket to fly 3,000 miles back to Vermont, where I, where I had grown up. I'd spent the first 15 years of my life anyway before moving out west. And you can still hear a little bit of the Vermont accent in my voice if you, if you listen closely, or if you're wondering where that accent comes from. And so I got on an airplane. I remember sitting, sitting there on the plane, looking out the window, and, and I watched my my belongings, all, all three suitcases full of belongings, that's all I had to my name, get loaded onto the plane. And I thought to myself, boy, now you've done it. <laughs> I had $120 cash in my pocket, no car, no place to work, no place to live. And here I was sitting on an airplane about to, about to fly back to the only place I'd really known, but with a completely uncertain future. So I landed, I called a friend of mine and said, hey, you know, can I, can I crash on your mom's couch for a little while? And I, I surfed couches for a little while. I got a job at a restaurant that I'd been working at for a while, and, and I did a little bit of, little bit of everything there. I, I cooked, I washed dishes, I stacked firewood, and, and they offered me a, a room in the basement, which was pretty much equivalent to a, to a prison. It was, it, was, you know, it was a concrete room in the basement. It had one little window that looked out underneath the deck and of course the deck had lattice in front of it so you couldn't see anything out the window there were two steel bunks in that room um, I set my suitcases on one bunk and lived out of those and slept in a sleeping bag on the other bunk and got paid three dollars and 35 cents an hour to basically do do a lot of grunt work and it was a it was a pretty bad situation the, the owners were not awesome people unfortunately um, they could have been, I could have liked them, but they were, they were just not, not great individuals, not, not good human beings. And the situation was, you know, it was tough. You worked a lot of hours, your working environment was not awesome. And I pretty quickly realized, man, this just isn't what I wanted to do. We had a waitress that, whose husband was, did some automotive repair. They owned a, they owned a repair shop out in Chicago and and I'd order, they'd order some parts for me every now and then because I, I had no money at, at three bucks an hour. There was just, there was no way I could, I was trying to save up money for, for an apartment, right? And, and there was just no way I could, I could afford car repair. And so 
I would order parts from, from these folks every now and then. And one night, this woman came into work and she said, hey, my, my husband wants to open an automotive repair shop right here in, in town. Because um, our, you know, our shop in Chicago is pretty successful, and and you know he wants something to do, and and but he's looking for somebody that that is willing to work for him that doesn't know anything about fixing cars. You know, boy, my first thought was, I definitely qualify for that, because I knew nothing about fixing cars. I like I say, I'd never even seen that vocational wing in my high school, and so I um I talked to him and and left that restaurant job cold turkey. Um, I had enough money saved up that I could probably afford $300 a month in rent. And back in those days, $300 would get you get you a tiny apartment. So I was able to get an apartment in the small town that we were living in and went to work for this guy, not knowing a thing about fixing cars. And, you know, long, long story short, I, I it turned out I was okay at it. I, I made a lot, a lot of really rookie mistakes and, and screwed a few things up, and we'll save that story for later. Um, but, you know, this guy and I got along pretty well, and, and he trusted me with, with doing some things, and, and he was a reasonable teacher, and, and you know, we, we set, up, set out to make a business out of this. And it was about maybe less than a year later where he, he shows up one day at work and says, you know, he says, forget this small town. I, I'm going back to Chicago. I, I can't deal with this anymore. I, I want out of here. Um, why don't you come with me? And I said, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll go out and visit. I'll, I'll go out and spend a, spend a week with you and see the shop and, and, you know, see, see what it's like. And so I did, I, I went out and visited and, and it was a good shop. I mean, it was fun. It was fun work because a lot of stuff that, that we did was, was, you know, we might call them today exotics, but we we built European rally cars, and so a lot of Chicago customers were Ferrari owners or or R5 Turbo owners, Alpine A310 owners, and and a lot of Porsche, and so it was you know it was a lot of fun, but I realized that the big city for a country boy just wasn't wasn't for me, um, so so after about a week, I I headed back to Vermont. Um, but the shop was in a, in a leased, we had two bays in, in a, uh, building sandwiched in between a, uh, collision repair shop and a, and a machine shop that these two brothers owned, owned each one. And it was a, you know, they were leased bays, so there was rent and Snap-on's always willing to put on that, that lifetime payment plan if you need some tools. So I struck out on my own and it was... Boy, it was interesting. It was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, I spent I spent my days dealing with customers and and vendors and ordering parts and doing a lot of reading and spent my nights working on cars. The two uh, the two guys on either side of me they were they were able to teach me a lot and they were able to bail me out of a fair amount of trouble when I got into some trouble and um, it was all right. Uh, but what I learned what I learned about that was that life could be hard. <laughs> you know, business could be hard. I, I got into it because I, you know, I didn't know what else to do, right? I, I was in the process of learning to fix cars and then that rug got pulled out from under me and, and I had to add the, the process of learning to run a business on top of that. And that was a lot for somebody who at that point was, was 18 years old. Um, and it was a lot of work. It was a lot of learning. It was, you know, watching my friends go to college and party up the storm and have a good time was was challenging. Um, 
you know, working seven days a week at that age was, was challenging, but I learned to work that I did. And after a few years, I, you know, I, I was, I don't, I don't want to say I was incredibly successful, but I was making a living. I, I was making a living. I could pay most of my bills and, and couldn't hire anybody, but, but I was doing, I was doing all right as a one man show. And, and the guy that owned the collision repair center, you know, said to me, he says, look, you know what? Five years, man, five years. You got to stick it out five years and you'll be all right. And I just couldn't see myself doing it. I knew, I knew I just didn't know enough. I, and I hated not knowing. I hated not knowing. I hated not knowing how to run a business. I hated not knowing how to fix a car. I hated, I hated having limited diagnostic skills. It just, it wore on me. You know, one day a friend of mine from high school stopped by He found out what I was doing and and then he stops by and he says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in this automotive program at this this uh, state college and it's a brand new program. We just just started it first first semester and, and he was actually a dual major. And and man, he started talking about some stuff with cars that I I recognized right away. I needed to know I, he he knew stuff that I needed to know without a doubt. And I thought, boy, I was always pretty good at school and it might be easier than doing what I'm doing now. So I got myself accepted in this program and closed the doors. I I just shuttered. I mean, like I say, it's a, it was a lease, so it wasn't like I was losing losing anything there. And and packed my tools up and what few belongings I had and walked away from it all. And went to went to college. Went and got a two year automotive program. And that was you know that was good. College was like a vacation for me. It, it was just it was so easy you know compared to compared to running a business at 18 years old, not knowing what you were doing. College was really easy. And so I, I did, I did pretty well there. I, I won't say I was the most motivated individual because it was more like a vacation to me, but, but I did, I did show enough people that I knew what I was doing to, to get by and, and eventually graduated with a two-year associate's degree. And um, during that, that process, I had to do an internship and landed myself at a, at a Toyota dealership. And uh, you know that became my full time job, and I realized that I could I could make money in a in a production environment. I had already had enough, I'd had enough uh, common knowledge, enough enough you know school of hard knocks knowledge, physical knowledge that I I managed to to clear those hurdles um, by the time I got to that production environment. And then you add to that some some college knowledge uh, in terms of of how systems work, how automotive systems worked, and and how diagnostic systems worked and that diagnostic thought process. And, and I very quickly made some good money in the, in the dealership environment. And I was very, very lucky too. I was, I was surrounded there by a number of individuals who really, they, they weren't just good technicians, but they were, um, they were good flat rate technicians and their focus was really on quality. And so I learned, I learned that you could produce a, a serious number of hours with quality workmanship. And, and I was, you know, I was lucky. It's not that I didn't make mistakes, not to, that I didn't screw up because we all, we all did. Um, but you just, you tried not to screw up more than once. You tried to, you, you tried to take pride in your work and, and do quality work and, uh, you know, give the, give the customer good value. And, you know, in that, in that role, I was there for about five years. In that role, I did some service writing. I was assistant shop foreman for a while. And, um, really kind of, although I was, I was young still, right. I was in my, in my early twenties at that point. Um, but I, I had a good experience and, and really tried to learn, learn the business. And it wasn't long before somebody came to me, uh, one of my former college professors came to me and said, Hey, 
you know, we've got this automotive technician training program that the, the federal government has, has subsidized, and, and we're supposed to train 10 people in, in every state, and we'd like you to be one of those, one of those 10 people. So I, I learned to teach, and it was discovered that I had, a, I had a knack for it, and I enjoyed it, most importantly. And so it wasn't long before the ATTP program that I got, uh, got another phone call saying, hey, this, this technical college is expecting you to, to show up at a job interview for a, a teaching position. And I won't bore you with that whole story, but I went on to teach, teach at New Hampshire Community Technical College with some wonderful people there for a little while. And that got Toyota's attention at one point, and they asked me to come, uh, come be a, a field technical specialist for them. So I was, a, I was what most of us just call a factory troubleshooter. And it was during that journey that I learned that the automotive service business was really about people. Yeah, it was about cars. It was about business. It was it was about um, diagnostics, but but really it was about people. And and that was when I began to to understand business a little bit better. Now now granted, I'd already dipped my toes in business, and and so I I understood how difficult it was. I understood some of the nuances of it at that point, at least on a very very peripheral level, on a you know thirty thousand foot level, if you will, and. So I, I started paying more attention to, to why, you know, why customers responded the way they did, why dealerships responded the way they did, why managers responded the way they did, and how to build relationships, how to, how to get by with, with no knowledge, get by with minimal knowledge, and, and get by with a lot of technical knowledge. And so my, my Toyota journey was, was really a, it was a superb education. Um, I, I did two stints with Toyota. I don't, I don't recall exactly how many years. It was somewhere between ten and fifteen years I, I spent with them in those two stints, and and I learned I learned a lot about developing business and about customer satisfaction and customer retention and a little bit about marketing, um, and a lot about dealing with people. And so that really formed kind of the the basis for where I come from today. In in all my video programs and my instructor led programs, I. I try to I try to remember what it was like not to know anything to to really just be focused on fixing cars but having to run a business at the same time and then remember what it was like uh to to watch upset customers and and to listen to what customers really wanted in an automotive repair experience and then learn how to how to reconcile that with what a business needed in terms of generating cash and generating sales generating gross profit, um, learning to attract quality employees. And I have, I've rolled all of that experience over the last 31 years, uh, which blows my mind that it's been that long, but I've rolled all that experience into what I do today. And you know, what I do today is very important to me. It, it's helping businesses succeed is what's really important to me. And and I, I take a, I, I try to take a, a wholesome approach to it. I, I don't present myself as just a shop owner. I don't present myself as, as having a dealer technician background. I don't present myself as a, as a former corporate guy. I, I try to present myself to the market as someone who, who genuinely cares about, about the success of a small business and, and has one foot in the real world and one foot in the, in the, uh, academic world, if you will, and the, the world of learning. Because if I if I can learn what successful businesses do, if I can learn what makes businesses successful, especially in the automotive service industry, and bring that to other small businesses, 
bring that experience to, um, you know, to, to even large national chains. I, I'm not, I, I just, I want, I want the automotive service industry to, to be healthy and stay healthy, even through all these periods of radical, radical change. Um, and I try to do that with, with a little bit of a sense of humor. I try to do that with, with a, you know, some cautionary tales with an eye to the future and what the future looks like. Um, but just know that I'm, I'm grounded in a, in a small town past. I'm, I'm grounded in a, in a 30 year journey that I took to get where I got. And, um, I want to try to bring a lot of those lessons to, to this program, to the automotive service industry and, and really to, to small business in general, because the automotive service industry is, is dramatically changing right now. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a future episode. So that's my origin story. That's where I come from. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhat unique. I won't say it's completely unique because many of you followed a, a very similar path. But um, just know that, that I care about your success because I didn't always have a lot of success with some of my businesses. And, and I, I want to I try, try to help others learn from my mistakes and learn from my past and, and learn from, from others so that you don't have to you don't have to reinvent that wheel you can you can learn from others and you can really you can really hack your own growth by by learning from others so um keep up the great work folks and we'll talk to you soon <laughs>